Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox post-game show. Presented by PointsBet, use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Welcome into Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox post-game show. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is the full CHGO White Sox crew. We got Vinny Duber on the far left. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's a CHGO White Sox beat writer. And the man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. Hey, hello. You, you can follow him. Wow, on, hey. Hey, how are hey. you? All right. You can follow Herb on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's a CHGO White Sox community leader. We are joining you after a White Sox Loss, 8-3 to three in Kansas City. The Royals hand it to the White Sox in this one. It was tied in the seventh inning, 3-3, three to three, and then it got real ugly. The White Sox fall to 56-55 and 55 on the year. Herb, how you feeling? Terrible. I mean, it's just so White Sox this year. I can't stand the team. I want to root for them, but lifeless at times – Boring most of the time. Execution is off. Yoan Mankata is just, I don't know what's going on. There's been so many times where he's just taken third strikes right down the middle. So many times where he's just struggling at the plate. But today, he even struggled on the field in that one inning where he bobbles the ball and Bobby Witt Jr. makes it to first and then makes it air. And the subsequent uh, at-bat, I think it was uh, Hunter Dozier, and then throws the ball down the line. So, usually you can depend on his defense, but the player is lost. And I know people in there, DFA him, trade him. <laughs> the man's making like $24 million next year and 25 the year after. Who wants that if he's bad? And then secondly, DFA, that money still goes to Yohan Mankata. So, the White Sox are stuck with him, good or bad. I wish he would be the good player that he was last year, the the player he was in 2019. This guy is back to 2018 levels in taking third strikes and then striking out and looking totally lost at the plate. It's it's depressing, and this team not going away. Like, the other two teams, Guardians and Twins, are probably going to win, and the Guardians already won, the Twins are winning. So they're going to be two and a half games behind both of them. I just want – both those teams just go on a protracted, long winning streak, and the White Sox just be out of it before September starts. They're just taking us through it. They're just dragging us this whole long-ass season. It's tiresome. And this is the 19-game stretch, and they are still under 500 in the 19 games that are supposed to be the easy ones. Oh, they're 8-7. and 8-7. and seven. They have one game over. All right, one game over. Versus bomb teams. Groundhog Day. It's Groundhog Day. Yeah. They don't score any runs. They make mistakes in the field. They make mistakes on the base paths. And they lose to a team that they should beat. That sound familiar to anybody? Because it's what we've been seeing for four four months now. Um, you know, the, uh, at the same you know at the same time you just mentioned it, Herb. Standings are what the standings are. It's not like it's not like the season's over by a long shot. Long shot, but they keep waking up. They keep hearing the damn Sonny and Cher song over and over again. Uh, it is it is uh, Groundhog Day on the South Side. I'm sure every fan is feeling it out there. I can't imagine that the players aren't feeling the exact same thing. Uh, it keeps happening, and and it's not it's not going away. I'm I'm down to put a toaster in a bathtub. I don't know about anybody else. Um, a I mean, far, but it I really, got you. It was a reference to the movie. I know. You know. Um, don't put toasters in the bathroom, kids. 
Yes. Don't if you're, do lo- that. you're lo- you're watching out there, young kids. Don't put toasters <laughs> in the bathtub. Those two don't mix. Um, yeah, I, I think there was a question up here from Jack Kwiatkowski um, asking, you know, to make it make sense, and I I don't think I can. I don't know if Herb or Vinny can, but this team spent the seventh most amount of money on their baseball team this year. They have the seventh highest payroll. There is no reason why they should be 7-7 seven and seven versus the Kansas City Royals who are throwing out Brady Singer, who are throwing out Chris Bubich, who are throwing out 39-year-old Zach Granke. They shouldn't be losing like this to the Cleveland Guardians who have $35 million in payroll. They shouldn't be in third place behind the Guardians who've spent only $35 million uh, on their team this year. I mean, the White Sox haven't been in first place or, or near it since... April 20th, it has been basically four months since they've even been close to having control of over this division. And I don't know why I'm still this tied to this team at this point, because I know it's a marathon, it's 162 games, we're only 111 in, but I think at this point we could say that, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely late enough where the White Sox, you, you know who they are at this point. I mean, you don't need to even cite the payroll. The payroll is not the thing that matters here. The thing that matters is that they had a better player at every position than right. everybody on the Kansas City Royals, you know, with the exception of, of Sal Perez. You know, they have a better player at every position than every player on the Cleveland Guardians. They have a better player at most, if not all, you know, with a couple exceptions of every player than the Minnesota Twins. I mean, it's not that – it's not like – you just look at the payroll numbers. You look at the lineup right. and what they should be doing. You look at the starting rotation and what they should be doing. They, are, they should be much better than all th- four of these teams. And they keep losing to some of them. They can't catch a couple more of them. It is, uh, it is absolutely mind-boggling why these guys are not showing up. Well, because as we talk about every night, if truly the presence of this coaching staff or the presence of a manager is what is – ruining these guys they would be better than they are right wouldn't they wouldn't you have wouldn't Yohan Moncada be doing a little bit better than this wouldn't Yasmani Grandal be doing a little bit better than this and he was on base three times tonight but still uh you know this is it's just very very confusing I don't know if anybody's gonna have um you know pleasing answers at the end of this you know what I mean you might see all the changes that you guys are hoping for uh you know but I don't know if the reasoning is going to be there, right? Because I don't know if you can explain some of this stuff and a lot and the the general why aren't they better than than these few teams? Forget the Yankees and the Astros for right now, <laughs> right? I mean, forget forget the Yankees, the Astros, forget every team in the AL East who's playing out of their minds this year. The the Cleveland Guardians were not supposed to be good. And credit the Cleveland Guardians for being what they are, but they're still not that good. Well, and that's exactly. the thing is, like, <laughs> exactly. White Sox fans were promised this is the window. This is the window where we are going to compete. You spent $196 million to build out that roster, and the only reason why I'm bringing up the payroll is just because, again, it's the window. This is where you were promised that the money would be spent, and the Guardians aren't spending that money on their teams, and they're still able to accomplish what your team isn't, spending I mean, $160 million less. But you shouldn't be mad about that. 
You should be mad but, but that what, the players that the are reasoning? here aren't playing right, well. But, but, <laughs> right, but, that, but like, what's the reasoning? If it's not the, the roster, Rick Hahn believed in it enough to be a championship team that he didn't address the, the needs of this roster at the trade deadline. They didn't address the needs of this team at, in, during free agency when they could have spent money. Like, I, I, I don't... I don't get it. I don't understand why this team at, is this bad. Why this, they continue to go out and lose baseball games like at this. At this point, i got to echo the sentiments of Jordan Miller and probably most White Sox fans out there. I would want them not to make the playoffs this year. So at least it's an impetus for change. I feel <laughs> like the actual uh, White Sox making and winning the AL Central will be like when the Bears got in the playoffs that one year and it saved Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace's job for one more year. Oh, look, playoffs. Yeah, we got destroyed by the New Orleans Saints. Saints yeah. But, hell, those guys took us to the playoffs. That's what I feel like that's going to happen if the White Sox win this poor-ass AL Central division. Now, trust me, every show that White Sox win and they get into if they get into first place – this some bitch right in front of you is going to be cheering for him. And I'll be like, oh, AL Central champions, yeah. But I'm pissed today. I'm furious today because I know nothing's going to happen if they win that AL Central. I know they're going to be like, hey, man, winning two AL Centrals in a row was a big-time accomplishment. We got those uh, those uh, big banners out there. No, we haven't done that ever. So Rick Hahn gets to come back. There's Tony Russa back. There's uh, Daryl Boston at first, Joe McEwing at third. We got everybody back for 2023, hey, we're just going to give it another shot next year. Hopefully, we'll be healthy. That's what I feel is going to happen. So, I just want to get off this roller coaster ride. Twins, go on a big-ass winning streak. Same thing with the Guardians. White Sox are just going to stay this mediocre-ass team. Two games in front of 500, two games under 500 the rest of the season. So, I just don't want them to do anything that makes this team continue into the next year. Because something's got to change. It's fundamentally messed up. We have a bunch of first basemen slash DH types. We have a bunch of uh, first basemen playing in the outfield. It's not a well-constructed team. The pitching staff goes out and gives their all every time, and this dead-ass offense does not convert those into runs. How many times? Today, again, bases loaded, less than two outs. They get no runs. Right. How many times have we seen that this year? How many times have we seen poor execution on defense? How many times have we seen guys taking uh, third strikes? Yohan know, Mancada, uh, Yasmani Grandal, J Josh Harrison today. It's just a team thing. And also, there was an at-bat that is so White Sox. 2-0, passive on a 2-0 hitter's count. Letting a fastball go right past him. And then there was another at-bat where Andrew Vaughn pretty much doesn't swing at all, any ball. There's five straight pitches that are pretty bad. One of them is called a strike. The next damn batter swings at the first pitch. That happened again in, like in the same sequence when Chris Bubich is struggling. Sal Perez goes out and talks to him. The next pitch, they swing at that after he walks two guys in that inning. The baseball smarts on this team is zero. I'm just fed up with the same old, same old, and they're not changing anything from what they did before. I don't see any approaches that are different. I don't see anybody who is, hey, let's go and get this done today. Jose Abreu is a guy who, who has done that, who has changed his uh, play. But still, he's only got 14 home runs in the year. We need somebody to say, fuck it. Let's just go for home runs. Let's just try to hit home runs, man. I don't give a goddamn because three runs for this Royals team? Chris Bubich? Right. 
That's garbage. Then well, really, that Mike Massey thing, that wasn't an RBI. It wasn't a hit. That was an error by the Mike Massey. He's provided most of the runs today for <laughs> both teams. And he picked this team up. And, hey, they got MJ Melendez coming up and hitting 14 home runs. He ties the White Sox leader and Jose Abreu in home runs on the year. Uh, I think there was the stat from either Josh Nelson or Daryl Van Scowen where Aaron Judge has 45 home runs on the year. And I think if you take the top six home run hitters for the White Sox, they're at 45. It just makes no damn sense. I mean, even Clark brings up, like, Yaz and Yohan have no legs on their swings. But can you say that? Because you look at yesterday's game, Yohan Moncada smokes a ball over the right center field fence, and you were like, oh, hey, there's Yohan Mankata and his pink shoes coming back. Like, game to game, this team doesn't make any sense. I can't get a read on this team. Even when they're going up against left-handed hitters or pitchers, like, they can't figure out Chris Bubich. Like, it's another maddening game where they only score three runs for Johnny Cueto. This is the ninth time where he's gotten three runs or less in a start. It makes no sense. The White Sox don't have a strength this year. They're not able to pound left-handed hitting like they've been able to. They're getting killed by every right-hander, and I, I don't know how they win games. I don't know what the White Sox way of winning baseball games in 2022 is. Last year, it was great pitching and, you know, they hit enough home runs and they didn't make, you know, dumb enough plays uh, in the in the field uh, defensively and, and base running. This year, everything has just been ugly, sloppy, and bad outside of the pitching for the most part. Um, they hit a lot of singles. They hit a lot of singles. They can do that. That's the strength. I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm so glad. But they, they can't can hit, hit singles. singles with a guy on third. That's the big time thing. They can hit singles with a guy on second, and that guy on second goes to third base because we don't have enough team speed. Team speed, my ass. Um, right. But they oh, can't hit any singles when that guy's on third. And team speed, too. I mean, another situation where they have the bases loaded, Jose Abreu's on third base. MJ Melendez thinks there's three outs, and Jose Abreu ends up tripping and not being able to run home. That could have been a run right there. Yasmani Grandal's on third base, and Cherizi says, you probably could have scored on the hit in the corner. Yasmani Grandal, just because, again, he's not the fastest player out there they have to hold them on third and they're not able to score more runs and you know we go back to the beginning of the season when the big public enemy number one was Joe McEwing because he was sending all these guys home but because the White Sox couldn't score it's the same thing again like the White Sox can't score they're not fast enough and they're not hitting the ball hard enough to let guys cross the plate and they're losing seven games to the Royals at this point through 14 games you were supposed to be able to win this division by taking care of business in your division you would get just splitting series after series with the Royals. You've been able to take care of the, the Tigers, but the Guardians have been handing it to you. The Twins have been handing it to you. I mean, just any time you feel like the White Sox are going to be able to take a step forward, it's just step backwards, step backwards, step backwards, and then there's a Dylan C start to save this team. Which also, he'll probably go out there and shove tomorrow, but you know Zach Grinke's going to be throwing his junk up there in the White Sox. Like, what is this? I can't hit. 20-mile-per-hour fastballs down the middle. What Am I, I going to just ground this ball to the second baseman? Zach Greinke, seven innings pitch, one earned run, two strikeouts, and, and Zach Greinke wins the game by two-to-one score. That's, yeah. You know that's going to happen tomorrow, right. and they're going to lose three out of four to the damn Royal, come back for Friday night's game, get ready for Cascade. <laughs> Thank God the Cascade thing is going to happen. I think that's going to be that's the That's what I'm looking forward the to the most Sox. of the season. Yeah, Are yeah, you I'm, even going to be there? No, I'm not. 
I'm waiting for August 13th where we don't have to see that commercial anymore. That's going to be my favorite part of this season. Um, need to sign Herb to be the White Sox pinch runner. At least he has heart, unlike the White Sox, says Matt Farrington. Eh, heart's not that great. <laughs> it's real strong. You got, you got, you got some real passion uh, there for the White Sox. I, it's, it's, this is just brutal baseball night in and night out. And I feel bad for the fans having to watch this. And again, the divisions up for grasp. They keep getting closer and closer. They're not five games out like they were back in July. They're still two and a half games out. I just, I don't want to give you any positivity at this point because I don't know who they can beat. And if they just go 500 in this next, you know, little stretch here in this, let's say finish one game above 500 um, in this 19 game stretch, you're just going to be welcomed by the Astros coming into Mm -hmm. town, which Mm -hmm. is great for the White Sox. Like I, 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 you keep bringing up, you know, the Twins and Guardians going on a run, Herb. Um, I don't see the White Sox going on a run. I thought this was their time to go on a run, um, and the fact that they haven't just yet makes me really feel worse and worse about their abilities to take over the AL Central at any point this year. And by the way, while we're recording this, the Twins are running right now 4-2 to two over the L.A. Dodgers, and they're dorming. They've got some more runners on scoring position in the top of the fifth. So Twins might just grab one of the two out there in L.A. where I thought they were going to get swept, definitely. But uh, Sonny Gray's out there battling through his uh, first inning struggles. Legend, Sonny Gray. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know where to go with this. Um, Dylan Cease will be on the mound tomorrow. Uh, Zach Greinke uh, will be on the mound for the Royals. Sox lose 8-3. to three. Um, The best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making more than $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have questions, you can email PointsBet at allCHGO.com, and we'll help you out. And PointsBet's your home for live and play betting, and it just got even better. If you see an edge in the game you're watching, if your favorite team is primed for a comeback, don't just watch the game. Bet along with it live. There's more live betting, more live markets, and faster live cash outs with the PointsBet app. So what are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game. Download the PointsBet app right now and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. And once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. And our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1s because I started this job back on March 4th, and they sent us some free samples over, and I have worked it into my daily routine uh, for the past four months. It has been a great way to start my day. It doesn't taste super healthy. It kind of has a mild tropical taste that I look forward to each and every morning. And with one scoop of AG1, I absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, or superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help me start my day right. I put it in 10 to 12 ounces of water. Her puts it in his smoothies. You can incorporate it into your way or your routine any way that you like. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. And Athletic Greens has over 7,002 five-star reviews. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop of cup. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No needs for millions of different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Socks. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Socks to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Again, athleticgreens.com slash C-H-G-O-S-O-X. I think today 
put the nail in the coffin of my August 12th bet. I feel like we should flesh out some of the rules here. Um, it 100% did. Anybody <laughs> in the uh, YouTube comments wants to throw out suggestions, feel free. It feels like we're leaning towards shaving my head. I would like the – now we've uh, talked about it a little bit more. I've seen you blonde last year when we were both working at the score. Look great. A blonde look would also be uh, good now again. So, yeah, you blonde would be better than you bald. And also, I mean, I'm, gonna be bald I'm, soon. I'm part of it anyways. So I know the White Sox won't be in first place before August 22nd. So once that shit happens, I'll be blonde the next day on the 23rd. Well, here's the is, question. Yeah, you're the smartest Purple. one here because you didn't bet anything. Exactly. Uh, here's the question. Does the hair dyeing apply to the facial hair in both situations? Ooh. Ooh. See, I, I would do it just because I've Blonde always beard. That would suck. loved the, the Hulk Hogan, uh, Hollywood Hogan beard where he had, like, the black and yellow um, in the like the black goatee, I think it was black and the, stubble and the right the, uh, bleach, bleach blonde mustache. So yeah. I, I might do that if if we're having fun with it. So okay, yeah, I, why not? You'll dye the mustache. Too. I'll, I'll dye An the Andrew mustache. Vaughn mustache. You could do that. I won't do that. It'll look weird on me. No, I think you have to. I think you have to. <laughs> I mean, I only want me up here out here looking like Coco Beware. Come on now, your <laughs> <laughs> parrot and everything. It'd be great. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's. It, I mean, Shy Town fanboy says don't shave. As we said, uh, like, just admit a Mankata's a bust. Well, I don't have any issues doing that. I don't know why people a think a bust. I mean, he sucks this year. I don't. A bust is he's not living little, up to his contract. A little far. Yeah. He sucks this year. Not having a good year is different than a bust. I think a bust is more of a you know a football term for first round pick. Baseball is a hit or miss. Sometimes you just suck. And yeah. sometimes you just need to change the scenery. I mean, Makata might be fine. I mean, it might just be the White Sox that are rotting him. I don't know. Again, like, it's so weird seeing a swing like you do yesterday where he drives that ball to right center. And then today, it's just like, you know, Steven, you said that he was, like, guessing up there. And it's just like he's become a guess hitter at some points. Like, I, I, I don't know. Um, he has looked very, very often this year like he did in 2018, which, Herb, you mentioned earlier. And, I mean, it was, it was very much this, you know – I have this mastery of the strike zone, you know, throughout my professional career. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go up there. I'm going to wait for it. And, and then it's just like, well, wait. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here waiting, thinking I know better than what the umpire is going to call. And the umpire calls something different. He struck out a million times in 2018. I'm seeing that a lot again this year um, to go along with what you're seeing from a lot of White Sox hitters, which is not a lot of power, not a lot of home runs and, you know, Groundouts and, and lineouts come with that. Yeah, my thing is, I mean, he leads the team in called strikeouts. So, uh, and he has 28 strikeouts on a called strike, um, 19 walks. Like, my big thing is, you know, in 2021 and 2019, like, he was able to balance those strikeouts with actually drawing walks. And he did that later on um, in an at-bat today. But, again, it just feels like the aggression isn't there. And I think that then leads to part of him not giving it his all in his swings because the exit velocity is down as well. Like, I mean, you look at 2021 and you look at 2019, the reason why he was having so much success was because he was drilling the hell out of the ball. Like, he had a BABIP over 405, and now it's down to, like, 269. Like, part of the reason why he was able to be so efficient was because he would hit the ball hard, he would find those holes, and it would be right in front of hitters or right in front of fielders, and they just wouldn't be able to get to it. Um, that mastery of the strike zone just doesn't feel like it's there for any mistake. Like, it's it's definitely for pitches on the outside and those corners, but anything actually in the zone, in his wheelhouse, it feels like he doesn't have that ability to pull the trigger and attack. 
And it's so frustrating to see him just like that half swing he gave at the end of the game where it's just like I'm in between and I'm swinging just because I don't want to take this uh, called third strike again, but I'm just going to look like I'm flailing at a ball uh, for this third strike. It was just like, ugh. And that's why I sent out the tweet. He's lost. He looks very uncomfortable at the plate. And it's tough for me to look at because, as I said last year, he was almost a top five third baseman. He was a top seven, and if you look at F4, now he's just falling off the table. It can't be that. It can't be that a mid-20s third baseman can't hit, can't get on base anymore. Somebody just put, he got on base 38% of the time last year. Great eye. He was aggressive in the in the zone. This year, he's reverted back to 2018. It took Jose Abreu in the offseason and say, dude, can't be taking all those third strikes. Get aggressive with it. Go after these guys because they see that you're not going to swing at those balls. Even the ball that he walked on was questionable. Right. I would just say to him, if I was Frank Minakino, man, you got two strikes. Anything close to the zone, swing at. Anything close to the zone, you're putting a powerful swing at. You think you have a good eye, you do not this year. Your eye is screwed up today. And same thing with Yasmani Grandal when he's getting the called third strike and then turning back to the umpire and question his strike zone. It's like, no. If you were last year's Yasmani Grandal where you're getting on 40% of the time, you got a gripe. This year, hell no. You better listen to the umpire. And when those balls are thrown with two strikes, get aggressive. I would much rather you go down swing and then take another drop, uh, third strike just looking at the ball, looking lifeless out there. I don't know what happened. Somebody's got to get in his ear. Something's got to change with him and Yasmani specifically. Vinny said it. These guys are probably, pretty much the key to the White Sox offense going forward because if they're just this poor, the White Sox are just giving up two of but, nine at-bats right there. Just two of nine at-bats under uh, 200 at bat, batting average and under 300 on base. It's just the whole team, though. I mean, yeah, like, it is. someone needs to step up and just start hitting. Like, I don't know. I mean, even Aloy tonight, I ended, I think I picked him for uh, click to pick. Um, he goes 0 for 1 with runners in scoring position. Moncada's 0 for 1 was the strikeout looking. Like, you know, Luis Robert gave a nice ride to the ball that he hit in, in, in the ninth inning, but that was, again, right at the warning track, and it was in an 8 to 3 ball game. Like, still, like, you had opportunities to bust this game open or do some damage, and the White Sox. It feels like the big inning just hasn't happened this year for them at all. Like, it really feels like that elusive bases loaded, two outs, like that huge hit just has not come for them at any moment. And if anybody wants to do it, it would be such a relief. Like, even the Gavin Sheets hit where Mike Massey, you know, boots the ball and it goes into the outfield, like... It still didn't have that relieving moment of, oh, the because, White Sox take the lead. Was that because it was a two-run error? <laughs> Maybe, yeah, I <laughs> guess. what should have been an ending-ending double play? Yes. All right, from the White Sox clubhouse, and Daryl Van Scotland's there out there in Kansas City, Johnny Cueto after a White Sox 8-3 to loss. We can't get comfortable. We need to go out and play, play hard, and show what we can do. We need to fight. We need to show the fire that we have, if we have any. Oof. That end. If we have any, yeah. I don't know. At this point, I think that's the question we should be asking. I mean, they keep saying, you know, the back of the baseball card is going to show up. We're showing up and doing that work. We know that we are, you know, have a good vibe in the clubhouse. I don't know. I I don't really think it's going to resort to people questioning one another. I don't know if Johnny's actually doing that. It would be nice to have the true 
cadence of his voice and well, how he and said you gotta, it. He's going through an interpreter too. You got to remember that as right. well. Right. So I I don't know if that is meant to be a shot. So I don't want to take it as a shot, but it's true. I mean, I I don't know if the White Sox have any fire. I don't know if they are going to be able to come in and. That's a different question, too. Like, how do the White Sox show that they're playing with fire? I mean, is it having more locked-in intense at-bats? Is it swinging the ball harder, gripping well, the bat harder? I, that, I mean, and I think that's what we've been asking all year, too. And, you know, it's something that, that I've brought up, that the players have brought up as well. It's like, you know, how do you see them having fire in a game where they lose 8-3? to three? You know what I mean? Like, would you would, – nobody would be sitting here being happy – because they lost eight to three, but oh boy, they were on the top step of the dugout having fun the whole game. Like people would be mad about that too. You know what I mean? People would be saying, you know, how can you be feeling that way when you're when you're uh, when you're losing by that much? You know, it's it, it's very clear that that what they've been waiting for is not gonna happen. You know what I mean? I mean, it's too late to have this huge turnaround um, because the division is so bad. It's not too late to play well enough over a short enough period of time that you would win the division and make the playoffs. But, you know, there's there's nothing that really this team can do, I think, except win that makes that makes all these that makes some of these problems go away or or just imagined problems. You know what I mean? Like it's very possible that everything they say about what's going on in the clubhouse is true. They could be very happy with all the work that's being done and everything like that. And it's just not producing results. And that is no better than if there were problems, you know what I'm trying to say? Like it's okay. It's it's, it's good. It would be good if there were no problems, but at the end of the day, the business is results-based. And if you're gonna have if you're gonna have the emotion and the attitude that everybody wants you to have that you think you should have, if you're gonna be doing the work the way that everybody wants you to be doing the work, and you're still gonna lose eight to three to the Royals, no one's gonna be happy, and right. no one should be happy. Well, but and how do the how do the results change, and and how do we make people happy? Like we just I, I do not know how this White Sox team can truly turn it around because the players aren't going to change, right? This is the basically the 26-man roster that you are going to see for the last two months of, of this season. In six months you'll see, or six weeks, you'll see Tim Anderson return, and you'll see a little bit of a swap there. But this is basically the 26-man roster that you're going to see for the last two months. This is going to be the coaching staff for the last two months. This is going to be the same front office for the last two months. This is going to be the same player uh, development staff for the next two months, same training staff for the next two months. Like, what is the message? What do they need to hear to turn things around? I have no clue because it probably should have been conveyed to them four months ago or three months ago. I, like, I, I think you think it's as easy as hearing something and turning things around. You know yes. what I mean? Like they're not they're not going to go in there and drink Michael's secret stuff, and mm-hmm. you know, and all of a sudden the the uh, everything changes. Did I they mean, have it in twenty twenty one though? Like what what happened from twenty twenty one to twenty twenty to twenty nineteen? Like this is not the same team you saw in those three previous seasons. And it's just like they've been zapped like the Monstars. I mean, you're right. That's what it looks like because there is no other way to explain it. I mean, in 2020 and 2021, they were winning. And then what happened? What happened at the end of 2020? What happened at the end of 2020? They started losing. They had that horrible week. Yeah. And then they played They played two bad games or one and a half, whatever you want to tell, you know, however you want to evaluate that series in Oakland. But they stumbled at the end of the season. And what did they look like during that week? when they were losing in Cincinnati and losing in Cleveland, what did they look like? They looked like this, right? 
What did they look like in, in last October when they lost to the Astros in the ALDS? They look looked like, like this. this. I don't think it's I, – I, I truthfully don't think that it's like all of a sudden this year, every, you know, everybody decided that we're not going to have any fun anymore. You can't have fun when you're, not, when you're losing like this. You can't have fun when you're losing in ways that um, is extraordinarily frustrating. I mean, that last week, that series in Cleveland in 2020 – that's gonna be. That's got to be some of the worst moments that White Sox fans have seen in the last X years. And but in I that think game, like people forget week, about it because they make it to the postseason still. And that week, remember, Aloy gets hurt. Right there in Cleveland. scoring, scoring. Yeah, yeah. So that also caused them to be lifeless out there in Oakland. But the one thing I want this season not to go into is, man, we lost Tim Anderson in the last six weeks. If we had him, we would have won the division. No, 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 no. I want this team to be accountable for what they've done the whole season because they've had Tim for most of the season and they've looked exactly like this Tim or no Tim so at the end of the year when they have the ending press conference well you know Tim Anderson was gone for such and such like I got it but also when he was here they looked the same so no excuses well that play like that, a champion that explanation that explanation uh went out the window for this very specific reason a while ago right because if you want to say why didn't the White Sox play to a championship level why didn't they run away with this division injuries are are a reasonable explanation for that or part of the explanation right. certainly if the question is why didn't the White Sox win the crap AL Central it's not because of the injuries because everybody got healthy and they were within three games of first place mm-hmm. now obviously we've talked about how important Tim Anderson is and in a in a somewhat normal division race, right? When it's three good teams jockeying against each other, you could say that losing somebody as important as Tim Anderson would make a difference. But Tim Anderson has slumped for the last two months, and they've stayed right where they were. You know what I mean? They were better. I mean, when he was in his first 40 games, when he was you know worth 2.1 more, they were 20 and 20. In his last 39 games, they were 22 and 17 or something like that. They were better when he was performing worse. But my point is they've basically been this, if they've been right, this right. a little bit, sure. Yeah. But... You know, it's it, they can't they can't use that excuse because it's been the same all year, and it's been the same for the Twins and the Guardians too. Right. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. Look at tonight. Look at the top five. The Royals. Um, MJ Melendez goes three for four. Bobby Witt goes two for four. Sal Perez goes three for five. Vinny Pascatino goes two for five. Uh, two for five. Hunter Dozier goes two for four. Ooh. Hunter Dozier wasn't like almost didn't make this team. The Royals almost didn't make the Royals this year. And you look at the one through five for the White Sox. Josh Harrison, Luis Robert, Aloy Jimenez, Jose Abreu, Andrew Vaughn. Four of those five core guys and have been core guys since 2020. Like, it, it makes no sense. And, and, like, going to the Tim Anderson point, it makes no sense, and it's not any excuse that Tim Anderson's not in this game while you didn't win this game. Because you still have more talent. And, and, you know, those five guys for the, the Royals came through and were able to produce. The White Sox didn't do that. I, I like... It's just that's it's clear and simple. Like the guys that are on this roster right now just aren't performing. Like right. it's it's not injury related. This team, this team has a lot, a lot of guys in a, in the lineup. Enough guys that should be able to score more than three runs against the Kansas City Royals. And the that the that it's a five run game. But really, you know what Jimmy Lambert did tonight and having a bad night doesn't really matter because guess what? They would have lost anyway. Yeah. And that that is that is really ridiculous to say. Now again, as we say all, as I try to point out every night, 
you know, in a baseball in a baseball season, you're going to have a night where you lose to the Kansas City Royals. If they were playing, yes. if they were going to play like they were going to win the World Series, they were going to have a night like tonight where it was hard to score and they didn't lose to the Kansas City Royals. But this has happened so many times. It's happened so many times over and over again. Someone posted earlier, commented earlier, the, the number of runs they've scored in the last eight or ten games or something like that. They got one over three or four runs. I mean, come on. You, you, can't, you can't do that. And like you said, Vinny, like when they tied that game up three all, we all knew that that game was over effectively. We know the White Sox weren't probably going to score any more runs, and the momentum was had just shifted from the White Sox winning three to one to the being tied at three three. You saw them themselves probably feel this game is over. We had a lead and we gave it up. This game is over, and yeah, Jimmy Lambert had a bad outing. But it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't have mattered. They would have lost 4-3 in a walk-off if they would have went to the ninth. You know it. Come on now. <laughs> well, it's just like, you know, I mean, here, this is, this is a great question. Or this is a great point by Connor down here. I, you know, the weight of expectations. I, I actually think it's, I mean, I think that that's true, but in a weird way that I don't think that, that he's saying. You know what I mean? I think you heard Liam Hendricks talk about it during the All-Star break. Lucas Giolito has brought it up a, a couple of times, including to me after, you know, since the second half has started. I think they kind of thought that, or, and maybe it's a case where they heard it all offseason too, that this rebuild, or this, they were going to go like this. And right. in 2020, they, they cracked it. They made the playoffs. 2021, last year, they cruised to the division. Okay, next step is competing for the World Series. And, if you hear Liam Hendricks talk about it, he said, "I thought I." He thinks they th- were going to show up and win the division, mm-hmm. and which is crazy to think because what did Rick Hahn tell us all off season that he knew this division was going to be more challenging than it was last year? Maybe he didn't think it was going to be like this. Certainly, nobody would have predict- predicted this. I think we were talking in the pregame show about about the Detroit Tigers and how much better they were right. supposed to be, but the the expectations maybe not the weight of them like oh my god we need to play up to this that's probably what it is now you know after things have gone the way they were but maybe the opposite of oh we're hearing the expectations the expectations are we're going to win the world series all right we'll see you in october kind of thing and you know you obviously have to yeah obviously have to play for the full 7 months in order to make that happen i'm not saying that you know they're not, i'm not saying they're not trying because they are i know they are but they are uh, they are not playing obviously like they are better than everybody else. They're playing. I think they played at at the beginning like them being better than everybody else was going to take care of itself. Mm-hmm, right. And I think they've played of late like, oh my God, we're supposed to be so much better than everybody else. We need to catch up and pass them and do this, and we need to hit a ten run homer every time we're at the plate to do it. Well, and we see the reports of Kenny Williams apparently coming down and talking to the clubhouse. Like maybe that is something where it's. That's the wake-up call, right? But we it haven't wasn't. really seen. Yeah, right. Well, we haven't yeah. seen a, a change since it happened. So it's like I, I just don't know what else you need from this team or what else you need to tell this team. Like you're right. I I don't know what the magic solution for this team is. In 14 games versus the Royals, they've scored 3.5 runs per game. Like that's just not gonna get it done uh, versus a team of this ilk. Uh, we do have a super chat from Courtney. Sorry, Who we got that? to it late. <laughs> It's that, and, and who is that soon-to-be blonde person in that picture with her, too? <laughs> He's going to look great uh, blonde, Courtney. Don't worry. Uh, super chat from Courtney. In a fictional world, what player in the division would you like on the Sox? All right. Um, Herb, why don't you start this since Courtney gave it to you? Um, I would want Jose Ramirez. 
Oh, yeah, that's the easiest question. Yeah. <laughs> that's the easiest one. Jose Ramirez would be my guy. I mean, I was thinking maybe it would have been Buxton, but he gets hurt too much, and you can't yeah, Robert, really push yeah. him to, to the brink. Jose Ramirez, switch hitter, kills the ball, has 88-plus RBI this year, consistently can count on that guy, took a hometown discount in his Cleveland Guardians. I mean, Salt of the earth guy. I mean, I would want him representing my team if I was uh, to choose from somebody in this division. Er, I'm surprised you don't want future Hall of Famer Salvador Perez. Yeah, right. <laughs> Did he not look like a future Hall of Famer today? And by the way, I looked up the numbers. He's just behind Yadi Molina. Like, if he plays the same year as Yadi Molina, he'll be right there in uh, B-War. Yeah, in, in F-War, he's 40-war behind Yadier Molina. Uh, I like Jack Kwiatkowski saying Vinny Pascatino, no doubt. Um, first <laughs> off, he'd fit the team because he plays first base. Um, but also, he's got one hell of a last name. But he hits too many home runs. The White's are like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> we put him on the outfield anyway. Dude. And he's a lefty. Get out of here, Vinny. I think Jose Ramirez is probably the easiest answer. It's the obvious. and It's probably yeah. the only answer. I think Sal Perez is not a bad one. Just because, think of what are the two positions that have troubled the White Sox the most this year. Third base and catcher. Jose Ramirez, Sal Perez. I mean, you know. Bobby Witt could play second base probably. If you're talking long term, I think you want Bobby Witt Jr. Yeah, that makes the most sense. But uh, dude is fast, fast. Goddamn. But yeah, Jose Ramirez is the real answer, if only because it means that Jose Ramirez then doesn't have to bat against the White Sox. Yes, <laughs> I mean, hey, Emmanuel Class A would probably hold down the bullpen for the next twenty years. Um, so that might be a good addition. And knowing Rick Hahn, uh, that's probably his type. The question uh, too was Courtney. in a fictional world. So I think in a fictional world, you want like you know the Hulk or something to be on the team and, and provide some power. The Get Hulk some isn't in, there. in the division. The mighty Thor needs to come to the bat and, and just boom with the, with the hammer. If I you're going in a fictional world, that's what I'd do. I want I AJ Hinch. What, what country is uh, Thor from? Do they play baseball there? Yeah. Can well, he I hit will, a baseball? He's, he's from, from he's Ragnarok. From, well, he's from the uh, the eternal realm of Asgard. That's not a country. Okay. Or, <laughs> he is a Norse god. Norway, not known for its baseball output, obviously. Not at all. Wait, so he's from a realm, but he's from Norway? Well, like Superman, right? Like he's from a different planet, but he was like in Smallville. Yeah. Well, so he's a the he's part of the Norse Norse mythology, real, mm. real, you know, real Norwegians back right, in right, right. hundreds of years ago, or yeah, that kind of thing. But like, right, like uh, Zeus to the Grecians correct, would yes. be Thor. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, uh, Superman was an alien dropped in Kansas. Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah. A, he wasn't. It wasn't like. I thought that was the same. Like, this uh, Thor was from some other dropped mystical land and dropped in Norway. From Asgard, <laughs> dropped in Norway. Hey, who the fuck is this? Uh, I don't know. I got a hammer, though. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I think uh, Mjol- Mjolnir. Mjolnir, yeah. Mjol- yeah, yeah, that one. Um, probably, if you hit that with a baseball, or you use that to hit a baseball, probably would go far. I, I would imagine that it's hitting a ball at least as far as Luis Robert hit at Kauffman Stadium two years ago. <laughs> Into the drink. Uh, we got a super chat from Daniel Stack. Is it really that surprising? they're this bad i mean yes. watching them since the all-star break last year they've been non-stop mediocre He's, it's a decent point just because they were so bad after the all-star break and Vinny, you know brought up the point of just kind of like in the first half of 2021 they were really good but it wasn't like they were world beaters after the all-star break last year yes it's very surprising that they're this bad <laughs> yeah i think that's what i was gonna say like this I'm, bad yes like if they were just Five games over, I think, where the Guardians are now. I would say, not ideal, but fine. They're in first place. The results are good. But they can't hit home runs. 
they it's can't a bunch of drive players, in runs. It's a bunch of players who have historically hit home runs and driven in runs, and they're not doing that, and it's very odd to say. <laughs> yeah, and so, yes, I wouldn't be this mad if they were kind, like if they played to how they usually play and just losing games. You know, back in the old days in the early 2000s where Carlos Lee would hit a bunch of home runs and you would have Frank hit home runs. In 2003, you had Maglio do work and lose 10-8. to 8. You're like, man, exciting games. That team is just not good pitching-wise. So the, they need to trade away Carlos Lee because he only cares about stats and other people and get a more rounded team. I wasn't mad at 2003 White Sox. I was fine with them because I know they were giving their all. This team is not living up to who they should be. Even the players who are good, like Jose Abreu, who's having a good offensive season, is not having a good power season, which he should be having. But he has changed his game, as I said earlier, to accommodate what the team was lacking early. And maybe he's not um, driving the ball as much as he did the last year, but... I don't blame him too much. The rest of the team just sucks well, around him. Since the last All-Star break, the White Sox are 95 and 87. So, I mean, they're still a little bit above 500. It's not like they've been this. I mean, like, this is a little bit different than what we even saw after last year's All-Star break. I mean, they were still heading for some power last year. There was still some injuries that you could even chalk up to, you know, them, you know, uh, you know being on a little bit of a decline after last year's all-star break. But Luis Robert came back in from August to the end of the year last year, hit 12 home runs. Yasmani Grandal, I think, hit like 20 home runs after he came back. So the power was still there um, after last year's all-star break. There just wasn't Tim to kind of boost up the run numbers that they were scoring. So I, I don't know. This is this is a completely different bad than last year. What's and, your man and Daniel Sachs saying? I'd rather watch Michael Jordan movie than this team. Yes, of course you would rather watch Space Jam than this team. Space Jam is a great movie. Space Jam is a great movie. I mean, are we talking about a different Michael Jordan movie that I haven't seen? Steven, Heaven is a Playground? What are we talking about? How far can you just start reciting Space Jam until you can stop? I can't do it like that. I have to have the movie on and like I'll say it right before they're going to say whatever the quote would be. How many times have you seen Space Jam? I can't count that high, Herb. Oh. I don't know. It's up there. It's in the hundreds? It might be around 100. Oof. Who, what's your favorite part of Space Jam? Ooh. Mine's Wayne Knight. Don't, don't spoil I think it. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Bill Murray when he says he's going to retire undefeated and untied. It's not okay. when he shows up? Da, 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 da. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the biggest laugh. That's the biggest laugh. Courtney, it is a good part. I would rather listen to Tusk than to watch this team. <laughs> yes. Tusk is a great album. Hey, it's Stop. one of their more experimental I, ones. But I literally listened to it one time. I had to turn it off after four songs. Oh, knock it off. I, I'm <laughs> well, pretty sure. Courtney knows. She loves uh, Fleetwood Mac. And I was like, ugh, Fleetwood Mac is terrible. The only good songs are the Lindsey Buckingham revenge songs against uh, Stevie Nicks. But. You miss Sarah. Sarah's the fifth song. That's like one of the best songs off that album. Tell the four songs before. It does not suck. <laughs> um, save, me, save Me is a Place oh is a good one. Oh, my God. They're so terrible. But, yes, I'd rather watch Tusk because they know it would be over quickly, and I can fast forward through that shit. Yeah, I mean, it's an hour 14. I mean, White Sox games have been playing fairly quickly since the 27th. They've been playing uh, games tonight. three <laughs> hours and three. Well, eh, yeah, was Today like, was terrible. It was like 3.30. 3.20. Ugh. Started at seven ten. It was done by ten thirty. It wasn't that bad. That's not no. Three twenty should not be acceptable. No. that pitch clock coming in next year. These Please games are going to go. I mean, the White Sox are doing every baseball fan a favor by swinging at every fucking pitch and and, and doing this. I mean, the again, I, 
I haven't seen this baseball move this quickly. I mean, doing all these Cubs games for 670 to the score, like, that was four-hour game after four-hour game after four-hour game after four-hour game. I'm taking some solace in that the fact that White, White Sox games are fairly quick. Well, it's because they can't hit and can't drive and run. So, yes, <laughs> that's why they're fairly quick. But today was dragging. It sucked. <laughs> Not just the result, but like I said, you're going to do something sucky. Do it quickly. If you enjoy White Sox baseball, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. It's time for the PointsBet pick of the week. The only entertaining part of the White Sox has been... Dylan Cease. So this is a great time to take advantage of this offer. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. You'll get exclusive articles written by our very own Vinny Duber on the White Sox beat. You got Ryan Herrera and Jared Willis covering the Cubs beat. You got Bulls writers, Blackhawks writers. You got uh, Fire and Red Stars writers. You got Sky writers. It is very, very in-depth coverage for uh, Sky Riders? Chicago. Planes? What? Oh, you good. said Sky Riders like an airplane when yeah. it writes in the sky. They're uh, very talented, not that talented. I haven't yeah. seen. And licensed. Okay. What? I haven't seen those people in a long time. Man. Sky Riders? Yeah, Sky Riders. I Have you like ever that... seen Sky Riding in person? Yeah, back when I was a child, yeah. Really? They oh. had it all the time back in the 80s, huh? Yeah. Back in the I've 80s, seen... all the time. I've seen skywriting before. Now it's mainly really? just like trailing the banner that goes yeah. over yeah. that goes past the beach. Yeah, Geico. like here's yeah. by Trojans. That's not exciting. Yeah. Yeah. They tell you by Trojans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, usually it's I see those really? for like uh, Lollapalooza stuff, All right. and it's like you know, you know, they're, they're getting the youth word out. I don't ah. know. Anyways, uh, <laughs> talking about uh, CHGO, go to allchgo.com if you want to become a member. You can unlock all that web content on allchgo.com, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from CHG Locker tomorrow. Dylan Cease is on the mound. You could celebrate with a size C shirt when you take advantage of this offer. And the pick of the week is bet on the White Sox when Dylan Cease is starting. I'm pretty sure he's made 21 starts this year. They're 15 and 6 when he takes the mound. Dylan Cease is a very, very good pitcher and helps the White Sox win. So that's your points bet pick of the week. What are you waiting for? It's time to download the points bet app. And in case you missed it, online sign up is available in Illinois. Download the points bet app right now and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sportsbook easier than ever so you can start living your bet life in stack seconds so what are you waiting for once the game starts don't just bet live your bet life with points bet gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 we got another super chat from our guy daniel another topic what do you guys think of john boy i love his breakdowns i don't know the person but his breakdowns and his rip leading rip uh, lip reading are awesome yeah and it's all started with the white Sox own danny farquhar <laughs> that's true <laughs> with the raise stuff right he, he, no with the Astros? Astros stuff. Right, the Astros stuff. He, so. should, he should be sending some money to Danny Farquhar for starting him off on this big-time thing that he's a big-time empire now. He's got uh, some Major League Baseball players, Chris Rose now with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they got Lucas Giolito on that podcast as well. Um, it's a another internet media outlet, which is good. Uh, more internet media outlets talking about baseball. I think that is a good thing. Um, so 
there you go. Those are our thoughts on John Boy. Anyways, uh, Dylan Cease tomorrow. I did want to go to this. Uh, MLB Network uh, did some rankings of the top five pitchers in Major League Baseball right now. Uh, Brian Kenny had Dylan Cease as his fifth best pitcher in baseball right now. Old friend Jake Peavy had Dylan Cease as the third best pitcher in baseball. And uh, region rat Dan Plezak had Dylan Cease at f- five. So the three panelists on MLB Network ranking Dylan Cease as a top five pitcher in baseball right now. There is some good things about the White Sox, and one of them still at season that mustache. I mean, you said right now, and I think that's the key, right? I mean, he is just on some sort of hot streak, and, you know, we'll see if he uh, ends up in the top five of, uh, you know, I guess you don't have an MLB Cy Young vote, but we'll see how high up he ends in the Cy Young vote for the American League at the end of the season. Uh, But if, you know, you're talking about right this second, man, there are a few people doing it quite as well as he's doing it right now, so it makes sense that he would be included in that list. Yeah, and you saw the people alongside him. You have some of the greats of all time. Max Scherzer up there. Justin Verlander up there. Jacob DeGrom. Like, he's part of that class. You can be kind of salty that he's not number one, but hell, I would have all all those guys in front of Dylan Cease now. But he's in that class. Remember that, that Dylan Cease is that great right now. Well, and you look at all those guys, too, like Verlander, DeGrom, I think the only guy Al- that you really Al- couldn't Al- say. Contra, whatever his name, yeah. Alcantara. Oh, Al- my God. Alcantara. He, he's great, too. I don't That name, when it's spelled like that, it's sometimes Alcantara, sometimes Alcantara, like the Cubs old player. I don't know what it is. It's, I think it's San, Sandy Alcantara. Okay. Um, but, like, Alcantara is the only other guy on there that really hasn't proved it. Um, and you look at, like, AL guys, the only guy on there is Justin Verlander, the guy you picked for Cy Young. So, pretty good company, right? Absolutely. I mean, if you're, if you're going to lose a Cy Young, lose it to Justin Verlander. Verlander of all people so yeah I think if Dylan's able to hone in on those walks and 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 keep it tight for the rest of the year I think that he definitely will be in size cease territory Um, we'll see if he can continue the good mojo and vibes and get a win for the Sox tomorrow we will give Cody uh, credit for the shirt Um, so I I asked Cody what's a good nickname for uh, Dylan cease and he said size cease so Cody gets all the credit for David asked me how can I trash on Stevie Nicks because she sounds kind of like a goat to me What's wrong with you? Yeah. Wow. I I'm, I trash L.A. women, and he's saying well, Stevie no, Nick sounds like a Hold on. Let's, let's go ahead and make it. Let's go ahead and be clear here. You were trashing the song L.A. Woman. You don't just go around trashing women who live in Los Angeles. You don't know me that well, Vinny. I think the album by the doors, L.A. Women, is bad. Singular. Well, man, women, women's. All right, well, you're just going to end it because <laughs> it's time to shut it down. Courtney's right. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh, we have a day game to celebrate Size Cease Day. We will be joining you. It's a 110 game. Yes. Yes, 110 games. So we'll be joining you at 1230 tomorrow for the CHGO White Sox pregame show. And we'll be joining you 10 minutes or so after the game is over here on the CHGO Sports YouTube channel to recap the game for you and recap the four-game series between the Royals and White Sox. Royals lose today 8-3. to It is 5-4 Dodgers now. So, you know. Good for Yay. the Guardians, I guess. We could be a game and a half behind the Twins. Doesn't matter. The White Sox need to win games, and they didn't tonight, and that has made us all very, very sad. Um, that's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He's a CHGO White Sox beat writer. That's Herb Lawrence, who thinks Stevie Nicks sounds like a goat. You could follow him on Twitter, at Ecknerwall23. That's more of a my friend uh, Brendan McCaffrey's thing, I think. 
that's oh now you're passing off your Stevie I don't want to I don't want to hey, I don't want to he's the one who found it him or his friend uh, Kyle Beeland found it and I was like you know what you guys are kind of right I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W <laughs> underscore Anderson. They are not kind of right about that. I'm we will right. talk to you tomorrow for the White Sox Royals game again, 1230 pregame. Thank you to Stephen Nicholas for producing, and thank you to Fleetwood Mac for their 1979 album, Tusk. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Go White Sox.